This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast Postgame Show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. Jay Zawoski with you here Sunday night, 9.50 p.m. The Blackhawks just beat the Colorado Avalanche 2-1 in overtime after an insane singular effort by Duncan Keith to break up a one-on-one matchup with Nathan McKinnon, headed the other way, and just drove on Philip Grubauer and put the puck behind him. Uh, and the Hawks get that much-needed second point, but they ended up giving one of them to Colorado so now the Hawks, as it stands at this very moment, are five points out of the final wild card spot that is held by Colorado. Colorado with 81 points, the Hawks with 76. Uh, separating those two teams are Minnesota and Arizona, both tied with 79 points overall. The Hawks play Arizona Tuesday night, so they got a chance to make up some ground there. One of those, uh, you know, cliche four-point games. But look. The Hawks did everything they could do to get those two points and and only those two points from Colorado tonight. It was an outstanding effort offensively, outstanding effort defensively. The Hawks held the Avalanche to 20 shots on goal the entire game. The Hawks more than doubling them up with 42 shots of their own. First period, the Hawks outshoot Colorado 14-7. Second period, 11-10. Third period, 15-3. Shots on goal for the Blackhawks, and the Hawks had two shots in overtime. Colorado had none. Uh, Corey Crawford, not very tested, but solid when he needed to be. Philip Grubauer, on the other hand, for Colorado was absolutely outstanding, despite giving up the game-winning goal in overtime. Not only did he play awesome, he took a damn beating in goal. There were so many shots that hit him up high. The net, The Hawks were driving the net with violence all night long. Uh, we talk about having to put forth a playoff-style effort every night, and that's what the Hawks did. That's what the Hawks have done. I think they did it last night, too, despite the loss to Colorado. They played their balls off, quite frankly. They just don't have uh, 
the offensive depth, the offensive talent, if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Alex Tabrinkit aren't carrying this team offensively every night, then they they typically aren't going to have enough to get it done. I think a lot of guys, top to bottom, played very well. Brendan Perlini had another really solid game. Uh, you know, Dominic Cahoon had a couple nice looks. Uh, Debrinkit didn't love his overall game tonight, but late in the game, he was a huge factor. I think Brandon Saad played very well. Artem Anisimov with a goal, and he was a factor all night. It's just they lack, aside from those two or three top-end scorers, the rest of the depth just can't keep up. And, you know, Dylan Strom has had a great year, and he had a good game tonight too. But you're starting to see that, you know, maybe some of those numbers he had early on were a little bit fluky. That he's not quite as skilled as the numbers may have shown his first 30, 35 games with the Blackhawks. Still, excellent trade. Love it. Would not do it, would not do it over. Very happy Dylan Strom's here. I hope he's here for a long time. And Perlini, who I just mentioned, the other part of that trade has performed really well. But it's just when you have these performances where you're putting shot on shot on net after one after the other, uh man. You know, it's not Patrick Waugh back there. Philip Grubauer has been great for Colorado lately, but it's not Patrick Waugh. It's not Dominic Hasek. You want to see them answer on some of these attempts, and you saw them finally score on the power play tonight. The power play has been creating chances. It's not been burying chances. And when you look at if the Hawks end up, you know, not making the playoffs, and it looks still, despite the win tonight, highly unlikely that they're going to, you can look at some of these factors as as you know as the season ramped down. They've not been scoring enough. The power play hasn't been good enough. And we discussed it when it was happening when a lot of people were trying to say, "Hey, look, look how good the Hawks are playing. They're going to make the playoffs. They're a playoff team." James and I said, "Let's pump the brakes. They're playing very well. Things look very good, but the level of power play is probably not sustainable." Patrick Kane being a multi-point per night player is not sustainable. And now you're seeing that those things aren't happening. Those and other things are not happening. You're starting to see the reality where they're trying hard. They're working their asses off. They are playing playoff intensity hockey, but they just haven't had the ability to put teams away or to capitalize on those many scoring chances they have. So I'm feeling it sounds negative, I don't, it's not, they're just, look, when we looked at this roster, when the season began and reevaluated it after the trade deadline, we said, boy, if, if they get some luck and they get hot, maybe they can squeeze in and they haven't had luck and they haven't gotten hot and they, they're still vaguely alive, but man, you would have loved to see them take, you know, four points out of this series instead of just two, even if you're going to give Colorado a couple overtime points. Ugh, that loss on Saturday really hurts. To lose that game in regulation really, really hurts because that's a four. That's an eight-point swing, really, when you think about it. So really tough, uh, you know, weekend for the Hawks. It ended with on a positive note with the overtime win, but still, giving Colorado that, you know, that extra point tonight, that's going to hurt when we get to the end of the year here. Let's say the Hawks, you know, can sort of eke out a couple wins in a row here, looking ahead at their schedule. Uh, obviously at Arizona on Tuesday, obviously a winnable game. It's a game they can win. Then they play the Sharks Thursday night. That's tough. L.A. on the 30th, uh, and again, a, a pretty winnable game 
uh, in my mind, against L.A., but you never know. You know, when the offense has been as streaky as it's been, uh, it's hard to sort of evaluate how games are going to go. Winnipeg on April 1st, then it's St. Louis, Dallas on Friday, April 5th. Those are three home games in a row. Then ending the season on the road at Nashville. Those are two points you're going to need. Those are going to be two tough points to get at the end of the year. So when we look back on this season, and we will, we'll have plenty of time to do that, I promise you, uh, there's going to be some a handful of games you look back at and say, damn, you know, if only they could have gotten two points out of that one. I think tonight's one of those games. I think last night's one of those games. And we'll see how it plays out down the stretch here. But look, overall, the way this weekend has gone, despite only taking two of a possible four points and giving Colorado three out of a possible four, I can't complain. I really can't. I think overall, it's been very, very solid. And they just haven't gotten the results they probably deserve. Um, But unfortunately, you don't make the playoffs for moral victories. And uh, the Hawks have had a lot of those lately, but they're not enough. You got to get those two points. And we have said now for about a month that every game's critical here. And uh, as it got down to crunch time, they haven't been able to get the results they needed. So a couple guys I want to isolate on tonight. I did mention some of the periphery non-star type players that have been playing very well. Uh, Brendan Perlini, who I mentioned, I think has really been good. He just sort of flipped the switch and has become a really effective forward for the Blackhawks. I've made that Brian Bickle comparison in recent weeks where, wow, you see you know, a stretch of five to ten games where he's just setting the world on fire, and you ask yourself, where is this guy the rest of the time? Hopefully, uh, Perlini has sort of found that level and will stay this way or close to this way for the remainder of his time with the Blackhawks. Uh, I think that Eric Gustafson... Obviously, the offense is still very good. I think he's elevated his game defensively very well. Uh, He has been playing a tougher style of hockey than I've seen him play before. I think he is understanding the value and the importance of these games, and I think he's responded pretty well. Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook deserve some credit, too. For whatever those guys have left in the tank, they are giving all of it out there. Brent Seabrook, a number of excellent defensive plays tonight, including one where he bailed out Gustav Forsling, who had two blundery plays tonight. One, he tripped over his skates at the blue line where he would have had a nice scoring chance or at least an open lane to shoot. And another one where he basically passed a puck directly to the Colorado player, leading to a partial break. And Brent Seabrook was just able to get a stick in there and break up that shot. So I think those two guys, Keith and Seabrook, deserve some credit. Keith, I mean, he's been towards the top of the league in plus minus. And whatever you want to say about plus minus, I know it's sort of an overvalued stat, but you can't ignore the fact that he's been towards the top of the league lately. And that overtime sequence where he breaks up the play with McKinnon, yeah, maybe could have gotten called for a trip there uh, at the end, but it's overtime and it's sort of different rules typically. And I liked the fact that the referees were sort of letting them play as the game was going on. There were a few moments that probably could have been called penalties that weren't. I like that. Let the guys play. That was the case. So so Keith breaks up a one-on-one with Nathan McKinnon, takes it the other way, and never it didn't look like he really thought about passing. Just drove the net on Grubauer, slipped at five hole, crashed into the net, and the Hawks get the extra point tonight. So uh, a solid win uh, with some uh, with some guys contributing. I think Artem Anisimov deserves some credit for how he's played over the last little bit here. With his limited ice time, he is making an impact tonight. Let's take a look at the uh, box score here. Uh, Artem Anisimov played 19 minutes tonight, which is pretty solid uh, with one goal, obviously. Uh, three shots, four more shot attempts. 
and he also won nine faceoffs and lost three. That's outstanding. The Hawks really slaughtered the uh, Avalanche at the faceoff dot tonight, 58% to 42. Anisimov was 75%. Marcus Kruger, 67 uh, Dylan Strom, 63 Jonathan Taves, 55 and Brandon Saad, uh, 1-2, lost 167%. The only guy underwater at the faceoff dot was David Kampf, who lost 4 and won 6. Or, I'm sorry, who won 4 and lost 6. So that's obviously 40%. Uh, but look, a really solid game overall from the Blackhawks. They deserve two points. They got two. Unfortunately, Colorado got one. We're going to take a quick timeout before we come back with the three stars of the game. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. The three stars of the game are brought to you by our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving all your real estate needs in the Chicagoland area. 708-675-1600. The three stars of the game, number three star of the night. I'm going to give it to Jonathan Taves. Absolutely playing his heart out all night long. Six shots on goal. Uh, two more shot attempts and a miss shot, so that's a total of uh, nine shot attempts tonight. Really, really solid game for Taves. Playing with an edge. Really liked what I saw from him, man. He's playing kind of pissed off, a little bit red-assed this year. Uh, and, man, he could have had a, a, a handful of goals tonight. So Jonathan Taves gets my number three star. Number two star of the game goes to Artem Anisimov. Just talked about his fantastic game. 75% from the faceoff dot. A goal. Uh, three shots, uh, four more attempts, and another missed shot. So a solid game for Anisimov. And number one star I'm going to give to Duncan Keith, who played 21-44 tonight. Four block shots and the game winner in overtime. Really solid game for number two for the Blackhawks. So here we are. Let's review the standings one more time. The wild card looks like this. Dallas holds number one spot with 82 points. They have played 75 games. The number two wild card spot to Colorado. They have 81 points and 76 games played. Minnesota and Arizona are the three and four, both with 79 points, both with 76 games played. There's the Blackhawks then behind those two with 76 points with 75 games played. So the Hawks have a game in hand on Arizona, Minnesota, Colorado. A win Tuesday night against Arizona would be huge. For the Blackhawks, it is an absolute must-win in regulation game. For the Hawks, you cannot give Arizona any points. That's it. No more free points. The Hawks need to take this one, take it to the Coyotes on Tuesday, and then come out the other side, and we'll see uh, where things stand. But for now, they're still alive. They're on life support, but they're still alive. So let's hope the Hawks can take those two and Arizona. We can evaluate going forward from there. By the way, James Neveau, back from Phoenix. So we will do a full-length podcast tomorrow night. That's the plan, unless something happens with James where his flight's delayed or whatever. The plan is to do a full podcast on Monday. Uh, if not, we'll definitely do one Tuesday after the game. We'll just do a full-length 
post game, uh, hour long post game full podcast after the Coyotes game. So either way, full podcast coming within the next forty eight hours. But thank you for hanging with us. Thank you for sticking with the Blackhawks as the season's gone on here, and hopefully they can find a way to wrestle their way into the playoffs, and we'll have a lot more hockey to talk about in a couple weeks. But until then, I want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. And, of course, Michael Elwood with REMAX First Service, our star real estate broker, 708-675-1600. Find your dream home with Michael Elwood of REMAX First Service. That's going to do it. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. Hawks win 2-1 against the Colorado Avalanche. For my partner, James Naveau, who will join me later this week, I am Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening. What up? This is Robert Ory. You might know me as Big Shot Bob, and I want you to check out my new podcast, The Big Shot Bob Pod. We'll always be talking hoops, football, sports, and I'm going to bring you some big guests like Lakers legend Shaquille O'Neal in our premiere episode. I know I didn't come in to train and camp the best of shape, but... Well, well you I'm, did one time. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, 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 well. Subscribe now to The Big Shot Bob Pod on the Podcast One app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.